Welcome to another installment of Fighting for the Faith. My name is Chris Rosebro. I am your servant in Jesus Christ. This is the channel that compares what people are saying in the name of God to the Word of God. Now, over the years that I've been doing Fighting for the Faith, this has been more than a decade and less than two, <clears throat> it's going to be two before too long, <laughs> uh, that uh, in the time that I've been doing Fighting for the Faith, one of the phrases that we've used, and actually it was a phrase invented by a listener, to fighting for the faith. And it, 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 don't hate me for this, but the guy who actually came up with the phrase introduced himself to me this past summer at a Higher Things conference in Texas, and I forgot his name. <laughs> I didn't write it down. So <laughs> if you are watching this, you know who you are, and I recognize your name if you emailed me again. But uh, it's a, it was a listener who came up with the phrase Narcissus. In previous episodes of Fighting for the Faith, before he came up with the name Narcissus, I had described what I called narcissistic eisegesis, reading of yourself into the biblical text. It's a thing that happens where, you know, you read the story of David and Goliath, and now all of a sudden, you're Goliath, and you're going to go out and slay your giants and stuff and things. Well, th this takes on many form, and like the king of the Narcissus is Stephen Furtick. I mean, this guy has the technique down. I mean, he's, <laughs> there's nobody more gifted when it comes to Narcissus than Stephen Furtick. But from time to time, I run into like really absurd, <laughs> really, really absurd <laughs> examples of Narcissus. And um, in order to help share the pain and suffering that I experience uh, with you, the, the audience of Fighting for the Faith, you know, I've decided that I'm going to share one of these like really absurd versions of Narcissus. And um, so I, I, I apologize. This is just, uh, this is a therapeutic episode for me to at least share with you some of the pain and suffering I go through. And if your head, if your eyes roll out of your head and, and like your dog eats your eyeballs or the, the, the postman steps on him or something like that, we're not responsible, okay? But there will be eye roll that goes along with this episode of Finding for the Faith. It's a little gratuitous, but it still makes a point. It's kind of like the way that we put it. All right, so let's uh, roll up the desktop. Yeah, that's St. Paul's in London, and that's the Millennium Bridge. Uh, year, uh, that's, I took that back before the days of COVID uh, at our 2019 uh, conference in the UK. But uh, all right, let me... All right, let me... Uh, Hang on, I got to stretch for this one. Okay, so where we're going? We're going to go to Global Awakening. And uh, if you look down here, what, what's being advertised? Register for the Voice of the Apostles. So Global Awakening, I think this is Randy Clark's organization. Uh, you know, they, they're they all about, you know, modern day apostles and prophets and stuff like this. And even in the, in the, in the headline here, it says Voice of the Apostles. So we're going to be listening to uh, just, you know, uh, 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 not all of... Uh, the message from uh, Leif Hetland, and I will give him credit. He reads out a part of a biblical text, which is like almost unheard of nowadays. He's going to be reading from Isaiah chapter six, the commissioning of Isaiah. Cut recently covered this on Fighting for the Faith. So, but um, it's what he does with this text after reading it that is so mind-bogglingly bizarre. That's the only way I can describe it. So again, uh, yeah, tinfoil pyramid hat, uh, bendy straws, duct tape, um, knee pads. The, these are, these are uh, good safety items to have on hand for this 
installment of Fighting for the Faith. Here's Leif Hetland on his topic called Receiving New Vision. Here we go. And if you have your Bible with you, let's open up to Isaiah 6. And I do want to do some teaching here and uh, just sensing that something has been burning in me for close to these last two years, but lately... Something's been burning in you. Have you taken a Pepsid for that yet, sir? All right, so he's going to read out Isaiah 6 and then give, get on to something that has been burning within him for two years. I can't get rid of these passages. I used to teach that as a young man. Oh, believe me, when you're done with this text, you'll be getting rid of it. Because what you're going to focus on, it's like nothing to do with this passage. Baptist, but again, recently, especially in the last two years, I've been diving in. And before I came here, it's become more and more personal, the very words there from Isaiah 6. So Isaiah 6, starting in verse 1, and I'm reading from the New King James Version. Perfectly great so far. I mean, a little weird on the, on the intro. But he's going to read out a, a pretty healthy portion of Isaiah 6. Can't fault him for that. God's word needs to be preached. It's what he does with it after he reads it that's the weird bit. But let's let him read it out. It is in the year King Uzziah died. I saw the Lord. He is seated on the throne, high and lifted up. The train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings. With two, he covered his face. Two, he covered his feet. And with two, he flew. And one, two, he flew. Cried to another, <laughs> saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door was shaking by the voice of him who cried out. And the house was filled with smoke. So I said, Woe is me, for I am undone. Because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the servants, he flew to me, having in one hand a live coal, which he has taken from the tongues from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it, and he said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away, and your sin is purged. Whilst I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Say us. Then I said, here am I, send me. All right, not a bad reading. With two, he flew. Uh, <laughs> that was a little fun. But uh, no complaints here. Now, uh, if you go back to a few uh, uh, videos before this one, uh, where I talk about Diga Hernandez's doctrine on flow, uh, you know, uh, I do an extended teaching on this text. So I'm not going to redo that here. Again, not going to fault him for reading the text. He read it pretty well. And it's a great, great passage. And it, the implications of it and what it's focusing on are spectacular. Again, if you haven't seen my teaching on this passage, uh, then you know, up here, we'll put the, uh, the or over here, I, I don't know how this works. We'll put the Digger Hernandez uh, link so that you can watch my, my extended explanation of what this passage is about and, and the implications of it, You're kind of important. But uh, so I'm not going to re, again, I'm not going to reteach that. But watch where he goes with this. And this is the voice of the apostles? Yeah, but uh, here we go. Wow. It was in the year King Uzziah died. Say yeah. in the year King Uzziah died. Yeah, there we go again. That's a, um, uh, that is a thought-stopping technique designed to shut off your brain's ability to think critically. Because when you obey somebody, they tell you to do something and you say, okay, 
it meant it subconsciously your brain stops thinking critically because well oh if we're taking orders from this person then i guess we shouldn't think critically about them mm -hmm. say that one more time how many of you in this room you're no longer what you used to be but you have not yet become what you're supposed to become what <laughs> what are you talking about this has nothing to do with Isaiah 6. I don't have to be a prophet to bring that one up. <laughs> How many of you are actually experiencing, and I know that all of us are experiencing pretty much, there is a sunset of one season, but then there's a sunrise of the other season. I, I experience sunrises and sunsets on a daily basis, like every 24 hours. Uh, How about you? It is like many of us we've experienced there was a Thursday and then a Friday it seems like everything was dying. But then there is a Saturday and it seems like it's been almost a two year Saturday. And then Sunday is coming. Hey guys, we'll be right. All right, now there's a, <laughs> I apologize for this. I should have caught this ahead of time, but there's a, uh, an advertisement for the Voice of the Apostles 2023 conference featuring Randy Clark, Bill Johnson, Heidi Baker, Huh, the voice of the apostles, Randy Clark, Bill Johnson. Uh, Leif Hetland apparently is an apostle too. No, he he's really isn't. So let, let me just kind of fast forward to the end of this little advertisement there and we can Click the link to learn more. Now back to the message. And some people have this hope deferred that has made your heart sick because you're not seeing that Sunday is coming. So you maybe have a... What does this have to do with Isaiah 6? Friday moment, but Sunday is coming. So we are living in this transition where in the year King Uzziah died, this became very powerful because the King Uzziah, he became king. He was king when he was 16 years old. His name, Uzziah, means the strength of Yahweh, the strength of God. That's his name. And his father actually trained him in the fear of the Lord. And the fear of the Lord is beginning of wisdom and knowing the Holy One is understanding. So yeah. He was trained and raised to be a godly king. And actually what happened, even at a young age, he had supernatural wisdom. And he operated in such an incredible way. They prosper. And he was actually king of Judah, meaning praise. And as he's operating in the strength of Yahweh, he knew where his strength came from. It was almost this. This is like a, a, a misadventure that we're listening to. This is adventures in missing the point. Okay, okay, so Isaiah 6-1. In the year King Uzziah died, I saw Yahweh sitting upon a throne. This is just a historical, you know, stake, if you would. It's to let us know when this took place. Why are you using this text to focus on King Uzziah? He only makes mention so that Isaiah can let us know when this occurred. Uh, but Uzziah is not part of the story, like for real. <laughs> By the way, do you know the story of King Uzziah? Well, let's do a little work. Why not? I mean, we can. So let's do that. I'm going to pull up a Hebrew text here, and I'm going to look for something in particular, Uzziah and 
Um, I'm going to look for the two places where we learn about Uzziah, 2 Kings 15 and 2 Chronicles 26. Okay, since I'm doing this from memory, um, uh, let's see, I'm going to go to 2 Chronicles 26. I think that's the one I want. All right, so here we go. 2 Chronicles 26. Okay. Uh, we'll do a little work on Uzziah. Okay, so 2 Chronicles 26, all the people of Judah took Uzziah, who was 16 years old, made him king instead of his father, Amaziah. He built Aloth and restored it to Judah, and the king slept with his fathers. Uzziah was 16 years old when he began to reign. He reigned for 52 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jechaliah of Jerusalem, and he did what was right in the eyes of Yahweh, according to all that his father Amaziah had done. He set himself to seek God in the days of Zechariah, who instructed him in the fear of God, and as long as he sought Yahweh, God made him prosper. He went out and made war against the Philistines, broke through the wall of Gath and the wall of Jabna and the wall of Ashdod. He built cities in the territory of Ashdod and elsewhere among the Philistines. God helped him against the Philistines and against the Arabians who lived in Gurbaal and against the Meunites and the Ammonites, paid tribute to Uzziah and his fame spread even to the border of Egypt, for he became very strong. Moreover, Uzziah built towers in Jerusalem at the corner gate and at the valley gate and at the angle and fortified them. And he built towers in the wilderness and cut out many cisterns, for he had large herds, both in, the, in Shephelah and in the plain, and had farmers and vine dressers in the hills and the fertile lands, for he loved the soil. Moreover, Uzziah had an army of soldiers fit for war and divisions according to the numbers in the muster made by Jael, the secretary of Maasiah, and the officer, uh, the officer under the direction of Hananiah, one of the king's commanders. The whole number of the heads of the father's houses of mighty men of valor was 2,600. Under their command was an army of 307,500 who could make war with mighty power to help the king against the enemy. And Uzziah prepared for all the army, shields, spears, helmets, coats of mail, bows, and stones for slinging. In Jerusalem, he made machines invented by skillful men to be on the towers and the corners to shoot arrows and great stones, and his fame spread far, and he was marvelously helped till he was strong. But, okay, by the way, we're just going to do the study on Uzziah because we can, but Isaiah 6 isn't about Uzziah. <clears throat> we continue. So when he was strong, he grew proud to his destruction. He was unfaithful to Yahweh his God and entered the temple of Yahweh to burn incense on the altar of incense. But Azariah, the priest, went in after him with 80 priests of Yahweh who were men of valor, and they withstood King Uzziah, and they said to him, "'It is not for you, Uzziah, to burn incense to Yahweh, but for the priests, the sons of Aaron, who are consecrated to burn incense. Go out of the sanctuary, for you have done wrong, and it will bring you no honor from Yahweh God, Elohim.'" So then Uzziah was angry. Now he had a censer in his hand to burn incense, and when he became angry with the priest, leprosy broke out on his forehead. And in the presence of the priest in the house of Yahweh by the altar of incense, and Azariah, the chief priest, and all the priests looked at him, and behold, he was leprous in his forehead, and they rushed him out quickly, and he himself hurried to go out because Yahweh had struck him. 
And King Uzziah was a leper to the day of his death, and being a leper, lived in a separate house, for he was excluded from the house of Yahweh. And Jotham, his son, was over the king's household, governing the people of the land. Tragic account when you consider it, but um, Isaiah makes mention of Uzziah just because that happens to be the year of his death was when Isaiah was commissioned by God to become a prophet. So in the year the king Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up. The, the rest of the story is where the emphasis is. So what um, pro, Apostle, Apostle Hetland here is doing, uh, he, this, he's putting the emphasis on the wrong syllable. All right, and we continue. Tension, and that's what the fear of the Lord does for you. He recognized who God was, but also who he was and who he was not. So it was in the strength of Yah that he is operating. And if you read in Chronicles, I think it is 26, you can read a long list of all the accomplishments. But he, I just read it out. Do you have, are you too busy to read a biblical text while preaching? Created a catapult. This guy, I mean, he was a military man. They prosper financially. The political, political party, the believers, was very excited. Because when Uzziah was there, wow, it was awesome. It was exciting. And people are like, Whoa, as long as we have Uzziah and he's going to be the king, we're going to have a good life. Where does it say that in Second Chronicles 26? And Isaiah the prophet in the middle of that. I mean, he was raised, and some historian says that Isaiah, Isaiah himself was a cousin to. That is not the fact, but that's what some of the historians say. He was a cousin to the king. He was in an alignment. And even for us as God's people, when you're underneath certain systems, certainly we feel very comfortable. We start to rely on certain systems. What? This isn't mentioned in any biblical text. And you're making a spiritual point regarding it? And we certainly start to trust in certain systems. But let me say something with Uzziah. He started to operate in the strength of Yahweh. But after a little while, he started to operate in his own strength. Your anointing rests upon your assignment. <laughs> what? My anointing? What? My anointing rests upon my assignment. This has nothing to do with Isaiah 6 either. What are you talking about, man? How did I get stuck into here? I'm not in this text. And you're, and you're not in it either. Her assignment is connected to your alignment. And his assignment was to be a king. But after he started to do very well, everybody talked about how great he was. And everybody's like, as long as we have him as our king, we are going to do good. So we're going to vote him in again. And then eventually, the very dream of the people, it seems to die because he started to operate outside that anointing by operating as a priest, just like Saul had done before. And other people had done. And he didn't listen from the strength. You should have just read the text because what you're saying is kind of embarrassing. Yeah, that he started to operate in his own strength. And people started to see how great he was instead of how great God was. And the next thing, because there's a picture in the Old Testament, leprosy came in, pride came in, and leprosy, and you have to hide it, you have to start the covering up, and there's these elements, you maybe can continue like before, but underneath, when you're alone in the room, you know, there's some leprosy behind. <laughs> what? <laughs> you're alone in the room, you know there's some leprosy behind. <laughs> I <I'm... laughs> 
What on earth am I? <laughs> Honey, <laughs> could you check the couch? I think I left some leprosy back there. What? <laughs> this is so stupid. And eventually it was the death of Uzziah, and it was a devastating thing for Isaiah the prophet. If you read the first five chapters before, you will see Isaiah the prophet, and it reminds me a little bit about the last two years, where I've seen some of my friends that I love and I honor dearly, but they're coming from this very place, as long as we have a Uzziah there. But when Uzziah died, we had this, woe was them, and woe was this group, and that group, and... You have friends that know when Uzziah, they were there when Uzziah died? What are you talking about? Pointing, what was them? But now when Uzziah died, he's actually having a crisis moment. So I've been in a season in my own life and I was... Isaiah wasn't having a crisis at the death of Uzziah? I was up in my room last night. I was at the altar pretty much of every, every session that Dr. Mark Sharona did because I'm in a season. I want to get rid of any Uzziahs in my life. <laughs> I don't know anybody named Uzziah. What on earth is this man talking about? I mean, are you in a season where you need to dump the Uzziahs in your life? Well, get to it. Dump them, you know, because Apostle Hetland said something about not having, and, and don't leave your leprosy in behind in my house. If you come and visit me, you take your leprosy with you when you leave. Just saying, I don't want my wife having to clean that stuff up. <laughs> Did you <hear>? listen? <laughs> I'm gonna back this up. Listen to he's he's basically assumed the posture, waiting to for them to, you know, give him applause because he gave an applause line, and. I don't think anybody there knows what on earth he's talking about. Watch this. And I was up in my room last night. I was at the altar pretty much of every, every session that Dr. Mark Chirona did because I'm in a season. I want to get rid of any Uzziahs in my life. <laughs> oh, we're supposed to clap now, are we? Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Everybody missed the applause line because no one knows what he's talking about. I don't know anybody named Uzziah. Anything that I've trusted in, anything I've relied on in the previous season, because there's a season shift. Something is changing. The Uzziahs, the things that we have relied on is dying. There's some leprosy. In <laughs> I, I must apologize to those of you watching Fighting for the Faith, because I did share with you that I the reason why I was bringing this video to you is to share the pain and the suffering that I go through in the daily grind of preparing this uh, this, uh, <laughs> this this ministry work for you. This is bizarre. Unfortunately, I've heard way too many things like this, but this one kind of really stands out. Hang on, I want to hear the rest of this. I want to hear the statement in context. Hang on. Anything that I've trusted in, anything I've relied on in the previous season, because there's a season shift. Something is changing. Do you there's a season shift. The things that we have relied on is dying. There's some leprosy in it. And some of us, we are trying even to resurrect some of the Uzziahs. <laughs> oh, no. You're, you're, who is resurrecting their Uzziahs? That, that would be like a zombie army of something, right? Yes. <laughs> Guy isn't saying anything. He's not even saying it well. <laughs> Honey, are you trying to resurrect your Uzziah? I told you to leave that sucker dead, you know. Keep that leprosy out of our house, you know. 
instead of moving on with God. But at the moment when he buried that Uzziah, that's when he had an encounter. And God... <laughs> <laughs> the moment Isaiah buried Uzziah, that's when he had an encounter with God. Oh, so yeah. And by the way, the name, uh, you know, so the name of the message is receiving new vision. If you want to receive a new vision from God, well, it's time for you to bury your Uzziah so that then you can finally have an encounter with God. This, if it doesn't make any sense to you, it doesn't make any sense to me. Blue sleeps faster than Tuesday, don't you know? So, wants us to have a fresh encounter, so you become an encounter. <laughs> God wants us to have a fresh encounter, so that you become an encounter. Woo! <laughs> I don't know what those people are applauding for. He's not saying anything. Empty talker, too, here. In the year King Uzziah died, I saw him, say I saw him, high and lifted up, seated on the throne. So question number one, this is my coaching thing. What are some of the Uzziahs in your life? What are some of the things you have relied on? <laughs> oh, oh, okay, I, I don't think I can go on. I, this is just too stupid. What are, what are some of the Uzziahs in your life? <laughs> Hi, um, hang on a second here. I'm going to just get, get out of the web browser. There's no way to fix what's broken here. It's a mess. And so if you know anybody who say, well, what are the Goliaths in your life? What are the Uzziahs in your life? What are the five smooth stones that you need to hurl at, at your Goliath? And that's not a meaningful look at what the scripture says or what it means. Not even close. This is just, this is nonsense. And it's narcissistic too, because you're narcissistically reading yourself into this text. I ain't in Isaiah 6. You ain't in there either. And I don't have any Uzziahs. I don't even know anybody named Uzziah, and I bet you don't either. Okay, if you know somebody named Uzziah, I'd like to know. <laughs> Send me an email. <laughs> it's like, I happen to have a friend by the name of Uzziah. You know, yeah, we're down in Alabama. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but but you'll know that you're supposed to kill your Uzziah or find a way to get rid of it. And so, so be careful not to kill your friend. But you, you get the idea. This is, this is complete absurdity. And unfortunately, there are far too many people who call themselves Christians who sit under this kind of teaching and they think they're being taught the word of God when in fact they're not. They're not learning anything about Christ and God's word or rightly handling this text. The, <laughs> leave Hetland being an apostle? Oh my goodness, no way. Okay, the apostles of Jesus Christ were masters of the scripture. L read the Gospel of Matthew and you see this. Matthew, f former tax collector, and when you read his gospel, he is constantly quoting the Old Testament and making the connections between the prophecies regarding the Messiah and Jesus' fulfillment of them. They knew the biblical text backwards and forwards, and they rightly taught these texts and showed how they all connect to Christ. Leif Hetland and the voice of the apostles. This isn't the voice of the, this is the voice of the false apostles. This is a voice of a wolf. 
I mean, you get the idea. I don't think I need to belabor the point. But yeah, if, if you know anyone who's, if you're sitting under any teachers who are doing this to the biblical text, leave, run. You're not being taught God's word rightly at all. So if you found this helpful, all the information on how you can share the video is down below in the description. And I would like to give a shout out to all of you who support us financially, because without you, it would not be possible for us to bring fighting for the faith to you or to the world. So those of you who've joined our crew, big thank you for making it possible for us to do what we are doing. And if you would like to join our crew and support us financially, there's a link down below in the description that'll take you to our website and you can join our crew and support us. And again, thank you for all that who have done that. So until next time, may God richly bless you in the grace and mercy won by Jesus Christ and his vicarious death on the cross for all of your sins. Amen. Amen.